Badger Politic. I'm Scott Stearns. Yes, from an undisclosed green room in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Yeah. Paul Sickle. Hey, Paul. Hi. How Scott. about, uh. Are you in the green room too? I, I am. Oh, okay. So, uh, good, good. How about those brewers? Can you fetch me one of those van beers? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. All right. Uh. The Brews are um, cruising along, I yeah. guess, sort of. Rough, uh, rough weekend against the Reds of all teams. Reds look good. The they, Reds well, are up and coming. It, well, it looks like they're, they're probably going to be in a spoiler position, if nothing else, given yeah. given the unbalanced schedule. I mean, but they're, they're like not one of these tank teams. I mean, they're, not, they're, they're only they're 10 games under five hundred, and they're playing in the, they're probably the toughest division. Well, because like the Brewers and Cubs are legitimate contenders. The Pirates look like they're kind of decent, and the and the Red uh, the Cardinals, Cardinals are always okay. They are, but I mean, I, I'd say the Reds are playing better baseball than the Cardinals right now. The Cardinals, I think, are sixteen or better than the Brewers. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, nonetheless, the Brewers are in first place. But then again, the Brewers often are in first place this time of year until they are a game ahead. Fall of, back. The game ahead of the Chicago Cubs. They 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 lost two games badly to the Reds over the weekend, right. and then. Came back uh, against the Twins today. Worst her. thing I've heard about the Brewers was, if you look at them, they're, they were off the charts in May. And in June and in April, two of the three months of the season thus far, they're a 500 team. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of a, a wet blanket, so to speak. <laughs> right. But well, nonetheless, I, I actually think, and you know what, that's, if you look at most baseball, rec, most baseball teams, they probably have. Even... Really good teams have one or two good months in a year, and they're basically five hundred the rest of the year. Yeah, I mean you're gonna you're gonna have those stretches, and it's just a matter of whether or not when right. you're when you're firing on all cylinders that you you win enough games to kind of compensate right. or over, overcome those uh, those droughts. I mean, if they were so good, if they were really that good all the time, I mean you'd have teams, all the playoff teams would have a hundred wins, right? So, exactly. yeah, we've, we've gotten a little bit uh, dark in the room, but now Scott's uh, solving the problem. I couldn't see the green anymore. <laughs> um, but we have a few political topics to yeah, there's, mull I mean, over tonight. Well, I mean, we went over uh, a number of decisions that the Supreme Court had uh, last week. We won them over? No, no, we went over. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, we went, was, I remember it was a pretty bad week for yeah, the court. Yeah, not, uh, not a lot of good news. Bad term. Yeah. And it looks like there will be more bad terms to come. It appears so, because uh, the day after we recorded this last week, Justice Anthony Kennedy announced that he will be retiring after this term. So yeah. he's uh, so he's done. So Trump gets uh, his second Supreme Court nomination in as many years. Mm-hmm. One he stole from Obama. Yep. And then the ghost um, of Merrick Garland is uh, right. is haunting us, right? And, but that was to replace uh, Scal- the late uh, Justice Scalia, correct? So that was uh, conservative replacing conservative. It's a it's a huge victory for for conservatives who compromised any principles they had about uh, family values and moral clarity uh, in the interest of of getting more. Well, that's One of their people on the Supreme Court. That's why they voted. Well, of for course, it. of course, it's a high priority for them when you're talking about Roe v. Wade come out and, and vote for uh, Republicans, and it will hurt our chances in the Senate for sure. Especially when you think about like states like West Virginia and Indiana and Missouri, the real red states. Well, does it though? I mean, it. So, I mean, if it's Montana, assume, well, assuming North Dakota, assuming they get the the pick through the Senate this term, which I. Given that the filibuster's gone for Supreme Court nominees now, there's really no reason to expect that they wouldn't be able to get this thing. Did they done. get it done before the election? You said, yeah. 
I think it probably helps uh, Democrats if they get it done before the election. It probably helps. Uh, it, it, that is, it helps them get through some right-wing judge mm-hmm. uh, to make a very, very conservative majority in the Supreme Court. Yeah. However, it actually helps the Democrats if that happens before the election because it'll create a reaction. Well, and, that's... And, and maybe Democrats will finally start turning out and voting based on the courts, mm-hmm. which for years they didn't because Democrats assumed the courts were their friends. Yeah. Like, I mean, Democratic voters. Yeah, they, obviously not. Not all everybody did, but I think there was an assumption that the courts were on your side, which 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 they're not. Well, there was a point in history. There, there, was, a, there was a point, you know, in the, in, the, in the past 50 years where that was the case. That well, know, I mentioned this, I think, on the last podcast. Yes, you did. It was, it yes. was over the last, from about... The end of the Lochner era, which was during FDR's second term, I believe, uh, so about 1938 to about 2018, so about an 80-year period. Now, all, uh, the way to, all the way to 18? Well, yeah, I mean, I guess maybe I don't know. I mean, when you, look at, when you look at Citizens United, I right. don't know. Right, and now they're bringing back the lo- like a Lochner court. And mm-hmm. so the Lochner court was a court that didn't give a shit about precedent. Yeah, they just voted for whatever was good for big business, right. and that was the court of the late eighteen hundreds all the way into the, the great mid nineteen thirties. Yeah, and finally enough uh, people had gotten replaced by FDR that, mm-hmm. that it started to swing back. Yeah, uh, um, but anyway, from that point on, for a very long time, at least uh, I would say till the the gay marriage decision. Yeah, the court for the most part, had been expanding the rights of people. Right. And I think we just started to see the court in the last week or so of decisions really start to tip its hand and say, hey, we're not we're not about expanding the rights of people. And now you get rid of Kennedy, and you're going to probably replace him with very far-right winger. Yeah. Trump some, says can serve for 40 to 45 years. You would assume it, was, it would be somebody probably at least as conservative as Gorsuch. Or in that ilk. It'll be a federal society judge. Right. They're, they're going to be an appeals court, probably existing appeals court judge today. So, so they have a track record, and, there, and there's no risk of a David Souter uh, being being appointed. And for those younger listeners, David Souter was appointed by a Republican president, George right. Herbert Walker Bush, and uh, turned out to not be the conservative that uh, that people were he hoping for. He turned out for. to be a liberal. He, Basically, um, yeah. on the court, yeah. one of the most liberal members of the court. Yeah, um, same with John Paul Stevens, who was a Ford by Oh yeah, Ford. Yeah, right. Um, of course, Ford was a pretty moderate Republican relative to today. Absolutely, by far. I mean, well, <laughs> and even then, he was being challenged by Reagan on the right. Yeah, six for being. This is true. Uh, and Reagan almost got the nomination. Could have almost become president in 1976. Instead, he had to wait four more years. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I wonder if that would have worked out better for us at the yeah. party, but that's another story. But um, it's it's definitely, a, it's it's disheartening uh, that this is occurring, because you know, this is one of the consequences of, of the 2016 election, is, you know, if you, if, if people would have voted in more states for Hillary Clinton, mm-hmm. uh, you would have had a situation where we could potentially... Wisconsin is one of them. Correct. That's, that's why correct. we're doing the Badger politic here. Yes. So they would have the the, the 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 podcast will continue until morale improves. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, yeah. Instead of instead of Gorsuch, you would have had probably Merrick Garland or at least you know somebody more progressive. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you would have uh, so that would have flipped the court to five four uh, liberal leaning. 
Yeah. And then you would have the opportunity now to replace Kennedy. Mm-hmm. So you would be looking at the possibility at a 6-3 court. Mm-hmm. So this is this. These are the stakes, and you know, for people mm-hmm. that you know didn't vote for Hillary because you know she wasn't Bernie Sanders, and so I got to vote for Jill Steiner. You know, yeah. whatever, whatever the fuck, you know, like this. This is what happens. This well, is these are the consequences. Was about as conservative of a candidate. Well, he was a, he was a center. He was a center left. I don't know if he was person. center left. He was I, pretty uh, center right. I mean, he might have actually ruled poorly on the Janus decision. Probably not, but you know, he was known for being. Pretty conservative. I don't know. So, that, I don't know that I would go that far. A lot of people said it was like the farthest right, uh, right leaning that anybody that would have was, expected out think, of Obama. I think that was that was just Obama being optimistic that if he nominated somebody who wasn't right. more liberal or had or didn't sure. have a more sure. a more liberal track record on the uh, on, on the court, then you know maybe McConnell comes around and says, yeah, you know, we could live with this guy, but. Obviously, he underestimated just how malicious they are and how right. how dedicated they are to furthering their own cause. They're willing to do anything. I mean, so, they, obviously, they got rid of the they got rid of the filibuster so for the Supreme pause Court. Here. Do you think? And this kind of we'll get into our next session, but just take it way step back to yeah. when we were young children before we were born. Um, <laughs> if, uh, if you were to go to the 1976 election, had Reagan won Republican nomination and run against Carter? Would he have beaten Carter outright? Would Reagan have beaten Carter? Over uh, Ford barely did. He definitely would have a better chance than Ford did. Or, I mean, Ford barely lost. I should say Carter barely beat Ford. I think he had less than 300 electoral votes. I think there's Uh, probably a decent chance. So Reagan would have been president in 1980 and would have had to... Turn limited in 84. And he would have had to though, run for re-election, defending a pretty rough economy. Oh, sure. There's yeah, uh, right. high, very high inflation. Mm-hmm. In '76, it was somewhat tamed. Yeah, not greatly, but it was bad during all. Right. right. Well, you, I mean, yeah, it was the, the hyperinflation and everything else, and the high energy prices yes. and all that. So I'm just not to mention the hostage crisis. I'm thinking that that Reagan could have been a one-term president, had he, or even if it had been a two-term, he'd been termed out in '84, maybe. I don't know, maybe by then he would have been taking credit for the economy just like he did, and then Republicans so would have stayed in. So maybe we would have had President Ted Kennedy in 80? Yeah. <laughs> Potentially. Yeah. Otherwise, the Republican <laughs> might have, or other Republicans might have stayed in for uh, 16 years straight, instead of 12 years straight, in which case he would have already made up, like, there would have been one, no, that Carter never had a Supreme Court nominee. No. I think about it. No, he did not. You no, know, we always get screwed. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know about Obama well, got two. Obama got two. Clinton, Clinton got, two. got two. Yeah, two Supreme Court nominees. Bush got two. And Trump's going to have two in his first two years. Bush gets two. I right. mean, God Trump help us if Trump manages to win in twenty twenty. Yeah, I think Obama got him in his first two years too. I mean, if Clinton got him early, they, they tend to go early in the term. Yeah, but what the fuck, Anthony Kennedy? I mean, if you have any sense of fairness, really, you're going to retire now. When, well, I think people maybe put too much stock in his uh, character. Yeah, well, it, I didn't really care for his decision on Janice yeah. or a few other things. Well, I think he he steps down. I mean, he was considered the the swing vote, but I I don't know. I mean, I would say Roberts has been more of a swing vote than than Kennedy these days. However, I mean, and you did you I'm did so have right. you did have the gay marriage decision, which was which was kind of Kennedy's, I think, swan song. Right, I guess you would say. Right. 
And that was the end of... He'll be, he'll be remembered for that. That was the end of the era of the courts expanding people's rights. I suppose but, so. But I think it's easy for us because basically anybody who's an adult today, even if you're 95 years old, their entire... You mean 98 years old today. Your entire adult life has been marked by a Supreme Court that expands people's rights. Yeah. So now we're, now we're going the wrong way on the Voter Rights Voting Rights yeah. Act. We're going the wrong way on Citizens United. We're going the wrong way on on unionization. There's a lot of and like I said things. before, though, if you go back and look at like Dred Scott versus Sanford, mm-hmm. and I mean, I was paraphrasing earlier. I then I I just looked at the Wikipedia page about it. But I mean, that's a really bad decision. I mean, it it really did underline, not undermine, underline the tenets. To have a have legalized slavery, yeah, um, no, absolutely. It was just an assault on civil rights. Yeah. It basically said the courts are not going to solve this problem. Mm-hmm. Not only are the courts not going to solve the problem, they're going to make it worse. Yeah. They're going to basically make it impossible for there to be a political a diplomatic solution and force there to be a huge bloodshed. Yeah, to do uh, do away with slavery. And so, I, I guess my point is that you know. Courts have not always been our friends, and and but they have been for almost everybody right now who's mm-hmm. alive their lifetimes. Yeah, um, and and now the courts are probably going into an era, and unfortunately, it will probably last much of the rest of our lifetimes. Wow. And where the courts will probably not be our friends, it's going to be. I don't know if they'll have a Dred Scott, but they might have a Plessy versus Ferguson, well, you or, have to- or many other really bad rulings. Supreme Court. You have to look at it. You have to look at it this way. So, like, assuming, I mean, there is always the chance, of course, that that they may not be able to get this uh, nominee, th- or they, that they may nominate somebody. Are you kidding? And, me? And, and, well, How hang, could they oh, not hang get on, through? Hang okay. on. Well, I mean, I mean, this is a they chance. Have to, of a they have to hold. The right. They have they to can, hold all the, de- the, the Democrats have to hold all their people in line to vote against this thing. Yeah. Joe, which is which is not I a guarantee. So it's taller. However, uh, Joe Manchin from West Virginia has has come out and basically said he's very concerned and said he, he's opposing uh, the idea of a, of a nominee that will or a repeal Roe v. Wade. He's very concerned about mm-hmm. Medicaid and pre-existing conditions, uh, given the economy of his state. Uh, Susan Collins, I believe, has come out and said that uh, she's a Republican senator from Maine. Has said that she uh, doesn't support somebody that is going to repeal Roe v. Wade. Mm-hmm. So then, so, it, then, it, then it comes down to Lisa Murkowski. Uh, McCain's not going to be voting, so it's already you know a 50-49 Senate right now. So, so if I'm Trump, what I do is I put up somebody right, really right wing. I get them rejected by Collins and by Manchin, and, mm-hmm. that, and then I run around the country to the red states, say, "I can't make America great again because these horrible liberals, Manchin and Heidi Heitkamp, and all that are standing my way." Yeah. And I kicked her ass right out of the Senate. Yeah. And then I, and then I renominate right wing Joe Blow. Yeah. And they're on in the heart. Assuming thing. they're able so, to like, kick. I just uh, don't see how we win this one. I mean, unless for some reason, no, there's no way we win this. Thing. It's well, yeah. Well, the hope, the hope would be that you know you delay the thing enough that you can't, they can't get it done. By the and election. then somehow and, and we then, pick up Senate. And then somehow they take the Senate. But how are we going to win North Dakota or Indiana <laughs> well, that's or the Missouri? Tr- that, that's or, the trick. Or, that's the trick. Or West Virginia, right. West that, fucking Virginia. That is, that is far where, from Where like Trump got seventy nine percent of the yeah. voters, yeah. Uh, seventy two, some mm-hmm. some absurd amount. No, it's. I mean, like I, you are. You have to assume that he's going to be able to get his candidate through. Yeah, and then. 
You know? No, I think politically speaking, the best thing is just to s- swallow the pill. His candidate gets through, and it creates backlash, and then that actually that motivates people to go out and vote. And, on and, our then, side, and then maybe and, they, and their side maybe they placated. take the Senate. Maybe they take the Senate as a reaction to that. Right. And their side, meanwhile, is like, well, you know, hum. and then well, they've already gotten their victory at that point, so right, maybe they're less right, motivated. Right, right, yeah. and then and then and then we retake the White House in twenty twenty as well. Yeah. I mean, that's really, and then we do redistricting, and then, meanwhile, a lot of bad decisions are going to happen from the court, and they will happen for a generation, but they're going to, I think they're going to happen anyway. Well, he may get another pick. I mean, Clarence Thomas is not a young pup, so he might, he might step down. Right. So, I mean, he could be replaced. I mean, it's a a conservative replacing a a conservative, but then there's also a Trump nominee could potentially be better than Clarence Thomas. There's that. I mean, Clarence Thomas is such a bad. <laughs> he's terrible. And worst he, thing, worst thing George Herbert Walker ever did. Yeah, I mean, Souter was brilliant, was wonderful. And yeah, Thomas was not. So no, much. it was awful. So I mean, I think you gotta like Clarence Thomas is probably the worst a, vote on the. That's court. at least a wash, I guess. At but least, the thing right, is that they're gonna, lose. they're gonna replace old justice with probably somebody in their forties or something. Mm-hmm. Something that'll be on the court for forty Here's years. Here's a realistic thing: Ginsburg, just one of those guys. One of those, uh, either Ginsburg or uh, wait, Breyer's still there. Right? right, Breyer's still there. One of those two doesn't make it. Much that's that's there. the or, that's or the worry. Or something happens to Sotomayor or Kagan. I s- so getting the Senate would be key. Uh, beachhead against that. Yes. Meanwhile, look. Let's just remember the courts aren't our friends. If, if, at best, they're going to say these are political questions. In yeah, other words, settle yeah. them in the legislature. Right. So how do we fucking win some elections, Scott? How do we win some elections? Well, do we destroy the power of unions to be organized? Oh, I, the courts. I did guess that. the court already yeah. stepped in on that with the. What do you uh, think of Dennis that decision? Well, well, I mean, I wanted to talk about clo- it a little you're, bit. You're, you're closer to it, given your uh, your employment history. So I would say. You know, what is your take? employment industry? You're saying I'm always going crying to the union? Please save my ass. (laughs) No, I've worked with unions for years on on their side and with working people. And Mm -hmm. it's not a good decision. So Janice basically, Mark Janice, who's a a public employee in the state of Illinois, didn't like paying agency fees. And agency fees were mandatory fees according to the contract that the state negotiated with whatever department he worked for. Every contract's different. So, But at any rate, there was a negotiated contract, and in the contract it said that not everybody has to be a union member. However, everybody has to at least pay, yeah, to pay the, dues. the agency fees, yeah. the dues, for the cost of the representation, which means they, they can basically take about 20% off uh, which is used maybe uh, 15 20% that's used for political reasons. Because the courts have long said that you can't compel political speech. Yeah. The Janice decision says that regardless, any, any payment, regardless of whether it's for basic cost of representation, is political speech, and they banned it. Now, I want to know why my auto insurance company can what? take my money and use it and give it to the Americans for Prosperity or whatever the fuck they want to. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And, and, I mean, I pretty much have to have auto insurance. Right. You know, I guess I could shop around and get a different... But they're all given that shit. Well, it... I mean, for the most part. I mean, the thing for me, this just creates freeloaders. 
So if that's the other thing. So it allows the union to disappear. Right. It's not even about. It's not even about the political spending. It's the fact that they they can't compel people to pay those fees. Mm-hmm. Yet they're benefiting from all the things that the union does to negotiate those contracts. And the it's, courts it's not, did reaffirm that, uh, that they must represent everybody. So yeah. Mark Janus doesn't have to pay his dues anymore. But he gets all the benefits. But right, if he gets fired tomorrow. He gets to file a grievance, and if the union won't represent him, he can uh, take them to court uh, for malpractice or duty of fair representation so and potentially collect monetary do- damages against the rest of the union. All the other no, union I mean, members. I, I, have I do not understand that logic whatsoever. Well, that's that was our best argument was it was, called, I think, called the savings clause or something mm. like that. So, yeah, it's it's really uh, a bad, bad news. The, the good news is that... We've expected uh, forces on the right to go after our members and encourage them to opt out yeah. of the union. Right. And what's happened is in the months leading up to Janice, because frankly we saw this coming. Yeah, kind of expected, we given, took, given the makeup of the court. We had a, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of members across the country. Went from being agency fee payers to being union members. They said... Fuck this, I'm not an agency fee payer anymore. I want to mm-hmm. be a member. They want to be more committed right. to it. Right. I mean, the union brought it up to them. I mean, they organized it. Sure. They said, look, you know, do you, what, what side are you on? And yeah, people yeah. opted for the union side. Not everybody did. Some people said, no, I, I'm be, I can't wait to get out. But, yeah. And then the number of, just in the first day that I had heard, and that's somewhat anecdotal, but the number of people hearing the news about it, prompted more people uh, once again to switch into membership from agency fee payer. Sure. Um, More than people who had been payers asking to drop out. Mm. So I think that there is a sense that unions are under siege and Mm -hmm. the workers are grasping that and are actually becoming far more loyal union members today than they were maybe 10 years ago when times were easier. So That's good. I mean... I mean, that, that's what that's what you hope is that you know, you, they've they've woken a sleeping bear basically. Right. That's what you would hope. And in Wisconsin, by the way, none of this applies to anyone, uh, right? Because Act Ten actually went much further than mm-hmm. the Janus than did the Janus decision. Yeah. Also, we have right to work now. Yeah. So all of our private and public sector unions are are open shop, yeah. but for the first time since the. Either one of those laws were passed last year. Wisconsin saw an increase in uh, signed dues-paying membership by about 16,000. So What's, there are some green shoots here. That's, that's good to hear. That said, in the long run, it makes it a lot harder to survive. Sure. And still not allows, having the, Well, not having those guarantees and allowing those freeloaders, to, allows take a, freeloaders. To, take, to take advantage of the system. Right, exactly. Sure. It, so, creates, it creates that loophole. So in the time we have remaining, uh, obviously... You know, we're still in the midst of a uh, gubernatorial primary here in the state of Wisconsin, so there hasn't been a ton of news this past week. However, uh, it looks like, I don't know, from my, from my perspective, it looks like to be kind of a three-way race at this point. For governor? For governor. I mean, it's, a, it's, it's Roy's, Keller Roy's, Mila Mitchell, and Tony Evers. And you can't count Mike McCabe out. No, so it's four um, So, so yeah, I guess four-way. Yeah, say. I think Vinehout is still showing signs of life. So. Vinehout... The, you know, Paid is still in there. Matt Flynn is still in there. Yeah, those guys are 
pretty much count out. Yeah, I just, Soglin, so, Soglin's no. a placeholder. I mean, he's going nowhere. But he's well, Mitchell's going to, uh, on a bar tour. He's it. So. He's doing a, uh, like a beer and brewery tour around the city of Wisconsin, right. which I think is a cool thing. Mm-hmm. So you know, and if you happen to be at a, a microbrewery in one of the twenty cities he'll be in, mm-hmm. um, you know that you can rest assured that. Um, if a fire breaks out, you'll have some yeah, no, of the finest there to help you out. <laughs> so there is that. Alan Mitchell, the president of the Firefighters Union. I yes. did like, I loved his quote, though, where he said, he won't go negative against Democrats in the primary, and he's going to have some ads soon. But And then they said, would you go negative again in the general? And he said, against Walker? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, <laughs> there was that article. And then, he, and, then he, and then he talked about Tony Evers. Yeah, well, he, said, he didn't go negative. He, he's, like, I wanna, he's like, I don't want to be... Uh, I, he can't I, be negative against Tony Evers. No, he's like my grandfather. He's like my grandfather. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> that could be construed as a little... It was hilarious. It was, so. it was, it was funny. So, <laughs> Sometimes um, Raylan doesn't tell the best jokes, but this time he nailed okay, it. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, it's it's. I mean, there's going to be obviously campaigns making appearances around the state. We're coming up on the Fourth of July. Uh, get a couple days here. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So America Day on Wednesday. Recording this on America Monday. Day, right. right. Um, yeah. So it's uh, time to uh, celebrate our independence and hopefully mm-hmm. uh, get patriotic and realize that the stakes are high. So we got th- we got to keep uh, kind of keep democracy alive in this country. Do you think the Janus decision, which is obviously the hope of a lot of people uh, on the right, will weaken the Democrats' chances because it'll weaken the stream of money going into campaigns? I kind of feel like this this thing when you talk about things like Act Ten and and, and other initiatives, right to work being first and foremost, I think amongst mm-hmm. them is. I think the damage has already been done to a large degree, mm-hmm. and you know union membership has dropped to the level it is today. It's not having the impact that I think they would hope because the damage has already been done. It's already it's it's already occurred for years, and I think the people that are in unions is today is because they largely want to be in unions. Oh, right, right. I think I think that's true, and I think also the fact of the matter is unions weren't using agency fee money for politics. Therefore, the money available for political purposes is pretty much the same. Yeah. I mean, they were actually compliant, despite whatever the court said. And I think yeah. that, that actually should be the best grounds for overturning it, regardless of what the long-run well, damage is. Well, but, so maybe by the time we're 80, and the, and the court maybe is, yeah, uh, say, well, has a different makeup, we can we got rid of mandatory fees, um, yeah. and there's no unions. No there's no unions left, but and no impact. Right? Well, who knows? Um, I mean, hopefully so, not. But. Yeah. Right. Right. But I mean, for for working people and yeah. future generations, I hope not. Um, right. Right. Class. It comes back to unfortunately, we're going to have to relitigate the battles that were won a few generations back that our right. grandparents fought for, and people have to relearn what. Scott, what I forgot this what, is not what, what is the Fourth of July podcast, like the Labor Day podcast. <laughs> I apologize. It's all about what's good for America. There you so, go. But yeah, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to you know continue Sanjay to fight Mitch. and and yeah, we're gonna have to re you know rewin some battles that we thought were that were settled but apparently aren't. And I think that Trump's election in 2016, I think you know chances um, example. of the Democrats taking the U.S. House. What would you say? It's good. Zero to one hundred percent chance. What's the chances? I'm gonna give it a seventy percent chance. I go just about that sixty-five. Okay, uh, we're coming into the line. As yeah, we're maybe we're, maybe we're closer. 
The Senate is still a long shot. I'll say 30%. I'll go five. Yeah, you're probably closer. Uh, I'm, I'm going way low. Five out of 100%. Well, yeah. my hope would be if, if they get the Supreme Court pick through. If uh, there's a re- if that happens, if that happens, that Trump actually gets his nominee through before the election, as much as I want the Democrats to fight it, if that happens, I, I would actually give the Democrats a higher that, chance. That Probably means, 15 to 20 percent. That means Roe v. Wade is under serious threat because Anthony Kennedy traditionally has voted to uphold Which, abortion right, rights. Right. So right. you replace him with an but abortion rights vote. Whether they do it before or after. Well, the that's. That, I mean, there's not going to be a case this year that's going to overturn right. it. But However, it's still a threat. Regardless, threat. whether they do it before or yep. after the election. Exactly. So that's that's that. But the that reaction can, might be strong if they get it done yes, before, because then the threat is real. It's not abstract. Okay. So, and then uh, governorship. Well, I think you know, like we we touched on. There's, I think we have our the core candidates. We have four out of the eight that have yeah, a chance of winning an election. Walker versus the field. Walker versus the field. I don't think it's changed too much, to be honest. I think, I think it's still a push. It's going to be a close. It's going to be. I think it's of, a push too. It's going to be within a percentage. Wisconsin State Senate. We picked up one since we last did this. Yep. It's fifteen to eighteen now. So that's, that's that. I think that's. I think the Democrats have a sixty percent chance of taking. That would be great if they could. Um, if they could pull off the, the governorship and the Senate, that's huge. Yeah, I think they have a better chance of winning the Senate. No, than the Assembly, absolutely. No, yeah. I think they have a better chance of oh, winning, winning the State Senate. Than they oh, have the governorship. governorship. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. And yeah. then the trick would be to at least hold that in twenty twenty, so that. You can and redistricting, they don't get completely screwed. Right, because we're because we're still so, operating under the archaic right. redistricting rules that we have, thanks, thanks to the court. court. <laughs> so. And wait till after they get this next uh, yeah. jerk on uh, our next friendly uh, jurist on there. Yeah, yeah, that'll that'll yeah, make it even better. Gonna, so, so I, I'm going to voting ID for everybody. I'm going to say watch the Wisconsin Senate because that's almost as big of a deal as the governor. Should be a bellwether. Yeah. The problem is if you live in Milwaukee or Madison, you have absolutely no say over it, so you better get your vote out for yeah. the governor race. However, if you live in uh, far southwest Wisconsin or in northeast Wisconsin, you got a lot of say. Yeah, and, you do. And, and I would work on the state senate. Well, we'll, have to, parts, we'll so. have to post some information up on the Facebook page. Right. One thing we didn't mention, which I think we should have actually, was we talked about the family separation. But I want to say a big shout out to all the people that got their asses out into the street this last weekend. Yeah, um, on I Saturday. was out there on on Saturday on Wisconsin Avenue, ninety four degrees heat, I believe, and yeah. that was without yeah, that the was, heat index, which was, was well over, uh, I think, one hundred five. Yeah, not trying to say what a great thing I was because I I kind of feel like a junkie, but I ran into people that are, feel the same way as me. But I don't see that a lot of protests. I ran into quite a few of them. The numbers were a lot higher than I would have expected. You know, when I held my daughter, I think about it like, what what if I had to be separated like that? When I'm yeah, I mean, our, well, I, did, I, I would hope that any parent. I mean, well, even if you're not a parent, I mean, even if you're a, if you're a fucking human being mm-hmm. who, who has empathy for for family. Did I tell yeah. you about that when when I was holding her and she was getting her ears poked? But they were trying to pull the earwax out so they could no. get her eardrum. She's like nine months yeah. old, and she's, um, you know, and they had me holding her arm down to not interfere, and she was pretty distressed, and she kind of cried a little bit, and they yeah. got into it, and then after they pulled out, 
the thing out of her ear. Um, she just said, Dad, Dad, and, and I held her, and I thought, you know, that's just really nice. Because yeah. even if these kids are getting adequate medical care, and they're being, when they're separated from their families, they can't do that. They can't no. say Dad or Mom. No, they have, no they, have, they have basically nobody to go to. I mean, well, I mean, I mean, even if they have a really good professional worker there. It's not so, the same. Um, and, I mean, you know what? I wonder if we're going to be talking about this more. I find it intriguing, the whole Abolish Ice movement. I'm not sure it's a political winner, but something about me, something in me likes it. It's intriguing. I do worry that it could be used to say a lot of people are uh, anti-border security because you know, in, in, in 30, when we talk about thirty-second campaign ads, I mean, how about we re- repeal and replace ICE? <laughs> well, pull I, a, I pull a page from the other side. Yeah, abolish and replace ICE. Yeah, I think. I think it's definitely something we should uh, we should explore further. I mean, I like the simplicity of saying we want to get rid of it. I mean, I think the the agency has betrayed a lot of people's trust. True. I realize they do a lot of important work as well, like well, human trafficking do, and stuff. It was the successor of the INS, uh, which right. was replaced by ICE in the early two thousands by George I, Bush. I did not know that. Yeah. Was, yeah. The immigration National. Well, maybe we just service. go back to INS. Well, and what's the difference? It, the emphasis became more on enforcement because it was post nine eleven era. Is basically what oh, drove okay. it. Department of Homeland Security, everything like that. So I kind of like definitely, definitely worthy of debate. So it's immigration and custom enforcement because yeah. it sounds a lot less euphemistic than immigration naturalization services. Right, INS. That almost sounds like an Orwellian. Uh, <laughs> oh, we're just it's just INS. Yeah, oh, and now we're still splitting up. Right. I mean, honestly, a lot of it's just a name. So maybe it's reform. I I don't know. But on that note, so, yeah. So, of course, I thought of it, so, of course, I like it. So, everybody, enjoy your Independence Day. See some fireworks. Grill out some uh, some good foods. Spend some spend time with your friends and family. And then let's uh, let's touch base afterwards and uh, continue to fight the fight. So, good news. I, I got an uh, email that we are uh, we are up on Google Play Music. So, oh, that is a new, uh, new venue if you utilize that app. Uh, you can find us uh, on Google Play Music now. So in addition to uh, Spotify, iTunes, uh, Podbean, Facebook, uh, Twitter. So we are up on all of those. So uh, thanks again for all your support. And happy Independence Day, America, and forward. Yes, and repeal and replace ice.